Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Cannon Talk. Sorry that we weren't here last week, but it seems there was just not enough, uh, you know, football to, to really talk about with this two-week break. But we're back, we're live, and we're here for you guys. How's it, guys? I'm all sure we're happy Gooners right now. You know, let's get into the Newcastle game. Arsenal at the Emirates Stadium. We all were probably, you know, dreading another draw. Newcastle were on the up, and it seems... That, you know, they were confident for this game. They thought they had a plan for Arsenal. And, you know, first few minutes in the game, it seemed like Newcastle were kind of on top of things. And Arsenal looked like, you know, they were heading towards another draw or even a disappointing defeat. Yeah, but I mean, look, with regards to the squad, you know, as expected, Arteta, you know, rung the changes. Uh, Ceballos and Pepe were drafted in for Guendouzi and Martinelli. And, I mean, later on, uh, also, Lacazette was then dropped for in Ketia. And, but the, I think the biggest talking point was, you know, with the Guendouzi story of him uh, being dropped completely from the squad for, like, you know, even the substitute bench didn't make that because of certain uh, actions that happened in the Dubai trip where, from, like, from the story what I heard was he had, he was, like, one of the coaches called him up on something that he was doing, I think wrong. And of course, instead of taking the, exit, uh, the criticism, he decided, you know, probably with that youthful side of his, you know, to have a, you know, back chat or something like that. And then that kind of kicked off everything. And I mean, look, I think the rest of the squad was also out on the field anyway. And I think he was now probably trying to almost like show, you know, be like a top dog or something like that. There. And of course, all the back and forth thing went even on a herd in the uh, at the hotel when the the team hotel and. That is where I think Arteta then drew the line where probably, you know, as a like, disrespect, he, probably, he just kicked him out of the squad completely for that uh, new, for the Newcastle game. It seems like um, Arteta takes more of an approach, approach and it doesn't seem like that. Day. Like, you know, as, a, as, a, as when he was captain of Arsenal, he seemed a very timid, quiet guy. But I think that's what Arsenal's been missing with a lot of their coaches. I think Wenger, you know, tried to be a disciplinarian at times, but you know, he caved in always. Yeah. Same with um, Emery. He tried something sort of that way, but he just never had it in him. Like, it happened at PSG, it happened now, but it seems like with Arteta, if you disrespect him, you're going to have to earn your way. And he's like the disciplinarian maybe that, you know, you always spoke about. People never saw it in Arteta, but it's showing through now. And, you know, maybe it's the way that Arsenal actually is supposed to be run. But I mean, look, I remember when Arsenal told you uh, Emery, almost like you should let certain players get away with the playful side of things. Not, yes. I'm, not, I'm not saying he must be, you know, uh, like almost like a prison warden with the players, but it's almost like he allowed certain things to go on. And when you see people starting to goof off during drills or warm-ups, and I mean, look, you need that sort of drills as well to keep your body almost like flexible and that where you're not going to pull up for this, that, and the other thing. But I mean, he always has this playful side to him. And I think now... I think the series is now, you know, come on to roost with regards to him. So, you know, let's just hope he grows from this. He learns also from this. Yeah, let's hope so. And I think, you know, Quintus is one of Emery's favourites because he brought him in and he was shining on him. And I think a lot of people are giving Emery plaudits for that. But, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. If you're winning titles, you're winning leagues, you know, and your results like are like Liverpool's, then by all means, you know, go and have fun and, you know, laugh about the training. But Arsenal need to get stuck in now. You know, we're looking at one of the worst endings in a long time for both of us watching. And 
the time is now to you know put the hard work in and later on you can reap the rewards you know once you're playing champions league football or winning trophies then yes have a bit of fun but you know moving to the game again um you know i i had a bit of a panic when kana shaka picked up an early yellow card i thought oh no that's you know he, he always known for picking up that second yellow somewhere so that made me a bit nervous and also another thing was that Alan sent Maximin was kind of giving Hector Ballerin a heck of a game in the first 30 minutes. I think that is when you can actually see when Ballerin is really, you know, pushed to his limits where he's not... I mean, look, I, I still think he's about, say, 80% to, you know, the Ballerin we know. But you can see that last burst. I mean, that's why you're having, uh, you know, almost like all the, 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 the tricky players want to sometimes play on that side so that they can take him on. They don't want to go to the... Like, say, the youngster uh, soccer side, they rather will go to, say, Ballerin side. So, yes, a diet, a dialect last the first half, you know, forgettable, really, because it's almost like it grew to a point with, with both teams trying to out, out uh, you know, almost like block each other from play, being creative. But that being said, Newcastle, of the two teams, actually looked more dangerous, you know, when the top yes. breaking. And that was kind of being my worry because I thought to myself, here we go again. Probably going to go into halftime, like having to chase the game again, being a goal down because we always tend to try to, you know, force our thing on, on uh, force our football onto somebody. But you know, we don't play with a sort of intensity that say, you know, the Liverpool or Man City or Spurs play or put on you. We will, you know, just sit back after a while. Like you know, if we fail once, then it's like, okay, tough. We're going to have to just play a, a counter game now, and that is almost like we had, it was giving. Uh, Newcastle now that extra energy now to actually be more adventurous but that being said second half wow all of a sudden you know the talk with Arteta probably did wonders the team started playing with more vigour started getting stuck in more you know with the physicality side of things I think one of the biggest things was uh, um, Sebaios as well you know he started moving further up the pitch with the ball and he started having the ball at his feet moving between defenders creating chances and I think that made a massive difference to Arsenal once Sebayos got more on the ball and it kind of with Sebayos pushing a bit forward allowed Ozil also to be basically between the lines of the opposition instead of having to kind of come back for the ball so with Sebayos pushing on almost reminded me of that Santi and with Ozil being there that was the bit when Uzel brought the best out of himself was when we had Santi playing behind him. So if Sebayos can maybe do that, Uzel will maybe get a better game. Because it actually brought a whole different, you know, angle to watching an Arsenal match, seeing two, you know, supposed playmakers now playing in the middle of the park and and actually having uh, Sebayos was like drawing the heat from whoever's around in midfield. Yeah. Allowing Uzel to because every time when you saw Uzel either causing havoc or, or being a danger. He had this free range of just running. And when you when you looked at the with a camera panning to say seven years, you saw two and three players trying to surround him and, and stop him from getting that killer pass out. And, and like, like I said, remember that season where Urzel was top assistant in the league? I think it was like, you know, a big part of that was Santi being there because like you said, throwing players out and allowing Urzel to, you know, be the free man. And you know, Arsenal started opening Newcastle up more and you could see we were looking much more dangerous. And I mean, with, with watching Arsenal now, the, the whole the, the game change or the style, you can actually see with that um, uh, second half, Aubameyang started playing in a more, like, as you said now, as, as almost like a support role for Nketiah. And I think that we actually looked way stronger and, 
And just seeing the whole adjustment with Newcastle, they seem to have struggled with that sort of, just that slight, slight little tweak having, almost like a, what you said with a, with a 4-4-2 type of thing, having to defend that then. Yeah, and you know, it didn't take long then eventually we were for, for Pepe to with adding another assist. You know, it, it didn't seem like a real dangerous cross. You know, you'll get applauded for the assist, but it, a bombing at the tools are quite a bit to get that in here to generate a lot of power to, to with that header from that ball. Because that ball was, like I said, it wasn't like whipped in. Mm. But, you know, Arsenal go one oh. up and suddenly the, the Emirates gets, um, wakes up and, you know, game changes now for Newcastle as well. I mean, where I had to laugh also was, uh, you know, when that ball came in, when the cross came in already, you actually had um, the goalkeeper, you could actually hear in the background him shouting, like, you know, there's this guy is standing <laughs> and and I'm like, they couldn't, you know, figure out what they must exactly do because um, I believe it was Fernandez was standing ahead of Aubameyang and that uh, that new guy, um, I can't get to his name now, that they just bought or that just got in on loan from Inter Milan. He was doing the back post marking. And it's not like the two of them were ball watching, just like half stunned. And when Aubameyang then out rose both with that little jump, I mean, he could have over enough time to generate that, you know, that neck power you need to power the ball past the keeper. So one or Arsenal. And I think Arsenal is getting a foothold in the game now because Newcastle could no longer play a bit more like their defensive and counter-attacking style and they needed to, to come at us. And I think Arsenal went for it. It was just a matter of time before the, we, we got our second goal. And then, you know, Bukayo Saka, what a player this guy seems to be. And I mean, I don't know if it was you or myself, but, you know, in the preseason or, or in even in last season's podcast, we started speaking about Saka and... You know, the, the way he just put the ball between, I can't remember what Newcastle player it was, and then just to still have the presence of mind to look up and kind of 45 to the penalty spot for, for Pepe, who similarly had a, a United-type goal scored. So, you know, 2-0 Arsenal and well done, Bakayo Saka. And I mean, what I actually like of those sort of finishes that when you, you know, what you taught as a kid when you're playing football, when your coach tells you sometimes, not always, but, you know, to sometimes stick the ball into the net from where the cross is coming from. Oh, and yes. I see that goalkeeper win, you know, was totally flummoxed when he went for that ball. <laughs> but um, we were then fortunate, you know, not to be pegged back by Newcastle with, was it that maximum, maximum again that almost hit the, or hit the post? Yeah. So Arsenal were very lucky that they switched off after. I mean, it could have been a very different prospect had that game gone to 2 1. Yeah, because then, you know, the crowd starts getting, you know, because, look, you can even watch it and tell you, you do get that feeling when, when, when things are not going right. You pick up immediately how the Emirates crowd are feeling. That you saw, like, a kind of murmur or grumble amongst the crowds. You, you hear it just goes kind of yeah. silent. And you hear the away fans just chanting louder and louder. One of, um, one of the things I need to mention as well, you know, before we go on to the game is, I, 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 I don't know if a did it, I think he did do it. But Pepe, for me, his tracking back was yeah. phenomenal for me in this game. He helped was it, suck oh, Bellerin a lot in this yeah. game, especially with that um, St. Maximin, because he was really giving... He, he's a really fast player. So Pepe actually did well to help and double up sometimes on him, which, make, which made Bellerin's life a bit easier. And I think, you know, impressed Arteta to an extent. Yeah, because, look, he, he, uh, like sometimes what, what uh, people also forget... Even just him running alongside the players, also slowing him down. Because I think yeah. also with that Almiron, because I mean, Almiron also has a, 
a great turn of pace. And I mean, he's like, you know, the guy that makes things tick or, or they believe because, look, we didn't really give him a sniff much in the game. I think then Mesut Ozil capped off uh, a strong performance for the Gunners when, you know, one to, um, like I said, obviously came on as a substitute for Nketiah. And for me, I, it was very, you know, you're wondering, is like I said, going to get on the score sheet? Or is like Nketiah's work rate performance going to outshine him? But Nketiah, for me, you know, at Wallace, he felt also he looked a bit lost in the team yeah. as well. I don't know how you felt about that. But that's how I felt. And then I think, you know, it was a nice interplay, typical Arsenal kind of goal with Ozil. I think everybody in the team got to touch to the to that goal. And 35 passes were made. And then, like I said, get, boosting his confidence slightly with a crossover to Ozil, who kind of messed that volley up. But luckily, it still managed to find the back of the you, know, you know what? <laughs> I can't laugh with Ozil, that, that goal. It's almost like something that you tell a child when you're teaching it goalkeeping. You never try to shovel the ball because it was like a volleyball shovel he tried to do and then to Bravka and he ended up just getting himself in all sorts of trouble. Yeah, I felt bad for him because you know he's a relatively decent keeper, yeah. but it, it, was, it was unfortunate. I mean, 3 0 Arsenal, and you think, you know, I'll take 3 0 and happy with this result. Then came the goal in the 95th minute, the last one of the injury time where a cross came in from the right flank. And I don't know, maybe you can also explain to our listeners, did I see right the ball flicked off his left ankle and with that follow-through of his leg, he smashed it in past the keeper out? Yes, you... yes, yes, yes. I was like, so the other, so his, his left ankle kind of lifted it up for him. You know, if it wasn't for his left, an- left ankle, I don't think he would have scored that. You know, it kind of gave it that kind of boost of the ground so you could volley it. Which came with that more power, actually. So, it was was a goal he needed. And he's normally that cool as a cucumber celebrations where he just stands there or does some that dance he normally does. But you could see that goal meant a lot to him. And, of course, you had to get, of course, um, Roy Keane being a miserable git, as he always is, who had a a go or a pop at at Arsenal or Lacazette, just so that the way they celebrated that fourth goal. And I'm thinking... You've got guys that are, have been on gold routes or, or even assist routes and stuff like that, and there they are getting uh, assist and a goal. And, and why can't they be ecstatic? Because when, when uh, Daniel James scored an equaliser, United fans went ballistic. So why can't our players now have a, a right go of it? I think Arsenal always is just a club that everybody see likes to pick on. Yeah. Either it's, no, it's not good enough or... It's they, you can't count him in yet because they, they have a, the wheels will come off or it's just only Newcastle. You know, if if, if um, Liverpool beats Newcastle, then suddenly, oh, they're showing the title credentials or United showing the top five or top four credentials for, um, you know, the win like this. But when it's Arsenal, it's like it's only Newcastle. We can't speak too early. And I mean, you know what? I don't know if you heard this stat. Arsenal have lost, I think, the least games besides Liverpool. Obviously, Liverpool haven't lost any, but Arsenal, I think, I, I could be corrected, said to be corrected, but Arsenal have lost the the least amount of games besides Liverpool. And, I mean, if you turn those draws, some of it into wins, yeah. you know, who, who, who knows where we could have been. Yeah, because it just shows you what the killer, those sorts of 13 draws at the moment were. Ah, flipping hell. It's just, it's just way too much. So, we split our attention now to the uh, Europa League tie 
round of 32. Olympiacos versus Arsenal. Of course, radar atmosphere in Greece. And yeah. we all know it's not, it's not really being a good stomping ground for English clubs or let alone Arsenal. So Arsenal for once, you know, was were uh, setting up markers in the first, I think, 18 minutes. We were, you know, we were really on the front foot. Then latter part of that, that first half, all of a sudden, uh, you know, Arsenal now not, I think that is, you know, it's all like just a quick comparison now when you watch teams that are, you know, fighting for top four and us. It's like we prolong the game more like, you know, knocking the ball around the back, then midfield <laughs> back. We, I'm just thinking, also, if you've got the midfield that's going to take that ball and just start carrying it at them and going at them, you know, where they have to backtrack or, or, or run and try to, to make numbers up, then you can see we're going to hurt them. But it's like when we do this slow football and it, it goes down that path. And I mean, that's why it also like when we went also into the halftime, it was like this pedestrian football was almost like kind of the downfall in the beginning. And then second half, you see a bit more adventure. You see a bit more control. And I'm just thinking, why can't you go into that mindset and you start a game like that? It's, I don't know, it's flabbergasting because if you think even that, that the Newcastle game, again, it's a match where you think they're going to put that sort of marker that we saw, say, the second or that explosion that you saw. Why did you switch your, your mindset into that mode then? And then you just see out that, that second half, so you have a, you know, a easy, and it's also easy on the body then. Yeah. So there's something Liverpool kind of did when club eventually got the transition, right? Is Liverpool used to blow you away in the first half. The second half, they really, you know, you should take the foot off the pedal. But like you mentioned, if Arsenal can do that, just get the team out the way. And then, so you don't leave it room for that team nicking a goal and suddenly. Your whole game plan alters, or you have to let them change their game plan. You know, they come to the Emirates Stadium, or you go away. They obviously have a plan against Arsenal. If Arsenal does a span in the works, go 2 0 up as a home team, what do you do in a two legged tie? Do you stick or do you twist? And I mean, if you look at, at, at um, also the latter part of the game, look, we're still going to now get to some certain points in that, in that second half. But they, they also play themselves so into the ground. Look how many of them collapsed through <laughs> And, and, and I wouldn't say the real injury, but I think it was more down to just cramp because they were pushing their bodies almost like to the max. And then you think to yourself, if you had that sort of say, energy when you, you know, when you are fully fit in the match and look at your, your body as a footballer, for that first 45, you can go. You can really give it a, a, you know, a right go to it. And maybe, as you said, get the result done early. Then, you know, you're playing a more pedestrian type of football second half because yeah. you've got total control of the game. Then you can't do that back pass at the back. Because then, then David Luiz can be very dangerous. I know he didn't, um, like, with this game. But, like, you know, David Luiz can be very dangerous to play with a ball at the back. And then he has that pass to over for Aubameyang because the team has to come out. I mean, if you're 2-3-0 down, what are you going to do as an opposition? Do you come out there to get back to 3 all, Or do you accept the 3-0 defeat and try to, you know, minimize the, the knock? So... You know, Arsenal need to start maybe thinking of altering that starting fast, but you also don't want to start too hard. And then, you know, like we did at Chelsea, when we lost 2-1 to Chelsea at the Emirates. That was an example of us, you know, starting really well. But then you look at, we wasted chances. So, you know, you have to take your chances then if you want to play that high-tempo game in the first half. But I mean, what I also enjoyed of the of the second half, especially now last night, look, you know, you're playing in, you know, a real cauldron. Because, look, it might not have been, say, with... with uh, Olympiacos, you know, really outgunning us or, you know, overpowering us. 
Because it looked like crowd were, were the ones that were keeping the fire under our backsides also. But what I liked was just the control of our defense because nothing was done, you know, too reckless. Everything yeah. was done, cool and calm. And you could see uh, it was a game like that where um, Olympiacos tried, like I said, a high press type, type of thing to cause us under uh, cause us pressure. But just that, that movement of our midfielders were always giving us that free outlet. And then you can actually see when those short back passes actually do work. Yeah. No, I 100% I agree with you that. And I think Arsenal, you know, showed that they can keep clean sheets now after... I know, I know we haven't been scoring goals, but we're kind of getting that foundation right of not conceding. So, you know, you can always take it from there and move on. But I mean, that being said, 81st minute, fantastic work by Saka again. Sure. I mean, the way... He, I mean, the eye that this kid has, I mean, 18 years old, and, you know, through... I mean, he's playing against like some seasoned pros. If you look at that backline of of uh, Olympiacos as well, and I'm to he manages to hit the eye of the needle pass, which evades the keeper, and you know it's on the foot of Lacazette. It's like Lacazette just ran into the ball, and it, the job was done. You wonder if Lacazette on another day would have missed an opportunity if it was you know a bit more complex for him to finish. But I think he couldn't have missed that. There was opportunity, I think. Was it in the first half also, or was it the second half where, like I said, I thought he had scored, but he kicked the ball past the the post. Yeah. I didn't even remember that opportunity, also from a soccer ball. I was, you know, I had, like, like we had that, that uh, one view where they show you from different angles, and I was thinking, it, it looked almost like harder to miss than, you know, actually scoring a goal. Ah, but anyway, you know, like I said, making it 1-0 to Arsenal. And, you know, you think this the way goal in this European competition is quite vital, but there was actually another opportunity for, like I said, to kill off the tie when we were like 5-2 on two against Olympiacos. And then, you know, he took the shot, but the keeper managed to make a save. But I think a sharper, like I said, would have probably bagged that. By the way, quick name drop. That's actually my, my FIFA goalie that I usually take that Olympiacos keeper, Jose Sa. Oh, is it, guys? If anybody's looking for a keeper on FIFA, is he quite cheap as well? Yeah, normally under 10, you can get under 10 million, I think. Okay, there's your tip for bargain buys, everybody. <laughs> uh, you know, back to the game. One thing I also want to give some credit to, Leno. Because in that first half, when, yes. when the heat was on us, when you know, when, when um, Olympiago started getting in the game, he was actually the one that also kept the game. 0-0 at halftime, and second half, he was also pulling a few good saves, because now and then, I'm not just saying now they were lapses in defence, but Olympiacos were also carving out, you know, good chances for themselves, getting in that dangerous balls, where, you know, where it's normally on the edge of the six-yard box, which can cause total confusion between defence and goalkeeper, but I mean, you made some, some of the reaction saves were, for me, out of this world that you pulled off. Yeah, it's quite. Uh, was um, I wasn't quite sure with why he start, He stood in the game, not Martinez. Was it the tactical decision was Martinez sick or injured or what was the? Oh, uh, down the, down to the seriousness of the competition now because I think he knows, you know, with the league being, you know, I don't know. It's only like you, you're trying to choose the best route now, say for Champions League or you know. It's, uh, you know, European success or trophy success. And I think he believes that is the the route and that's why you saw him probably that, that strong. But I mean, what I would say is I would actually maybe give Martinez also some league games maybe. We, I'm not saying he's our total number one, but, you know, certain games, if we can somehow get this, like, the run going we're always talking about, 
then maybe start using him maybe in the league as well because look, he's not that bad of a keeper. I mean, there's certain things that he does sometimes go overboard with, but I mean, it's not somebody... I still find him a decent number two, but I also think long-term, we should maybe get a younger guy in. I mean, we spoke about it a few weeks back where I told you, like, for me, I would like somebody like a Henderson of Sheffield United or a Pope uh, of... of um, what was Friendly, as a number two to Leno, because I would actually like two guys that can really, you know, push each other to the max. Because I just don't think Martinez has it in him to, you know, push Leno to that. So he's almost like getting the almost like a, an appeasement appearance just to, you know, keep him happy. So I don't think he's yeah, and, push and him. to be easily appeased, like you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna push yourself at times yeah. because so. I guess you are all right. It's something we need to look in the window. I don't think you know, it needs to be a, a desperate signing. I think we first need to sort out other areas. But, you know, it's Arsenal, um, you know, with our 97-98 winning side, we had Alex Manning uh, where to come in for David Seaman and actually did a, a really good job. So you need that number two that can do the business when your keeper's not, your main number one's not there. Yeah, so now we swing our attention now to the League match on Sunday, where we play Everton at the Emirates. Uh, it's going to be, you know, another one of our, you know, our missions now to climb up the stable. We play the team that's ninth in the league. We're still in our favourite 10th spot, which we, you know, <laughs> we need to shrug off that whole thing. Only five more places away from the top, the top five, which is now the lucrative top five. And I mean, Everton four points away, Arsenal six points away, and with Spurs and Chelsea playing each other on Saturday, you know, we'll have a a decent view of how far we'll be away from Spurs and Chelsea because one of them, or if not both of them, have to drop points. So it's going to be really an interesting weekend for for football. I mean, what what actually appeals to me a lot now, it's like when when I hear Arteta speaks as well, you can see he's taking it, as we said, game by game. He's not looking too far up, like, you know, with or actually down the fixture list. He's actually just looking, okay, we're playing this team. This is our plan. We're going to go for it. You get the points. Then we already switch our attention now to the next game and now the next game like that. Because I think if, if you set two high targets, I think that is normally when you're going to fail. So the way he's going about it, it's, it's, uh, look, it's, it's treated, uh, treated us well so far because everything our 2020 has gone for us. So I think we should just go, you know, this way because I think everybody else are also not having the best of seasons. And I think they are, Stumbles coming for them as well. But I think everything they've been doing really well at the moment. They've been un- they've been undefeated in the last ten of the eleven games that they've played. So they're not going to be a, a easy side. And I mean they they're playing a much get better game under Angelotti. So um, it's going to be interesting to see the lineup when, um, um, that Arteta is going to come out with and. How Arsenal players are going to react because they've been playing Thursday and playing Sunday for a lot of teams. You know, it's a bit of a struggle. What I don't understand is Liverpool plays a Champions League game on the Tuesday night and they get the Monday night fixture. And we, and I mean, Arsenal now play the Thursday and they have to play on the Sunday. I'm not, you know, saying it's unfair or whatever, but some, they can sometimes think a bit more when they do these fixtures. But I mean, uh, what was it? Newcastle won quite a run before we... Yes, no, that, that, that is true, that is true. So, I mean, I'm just... It was actually a, quite a positive if you take into consideration. And I think 
it's also a good record to crack again with Everton now coming to visit. Because, I mean, look, Ancelotti is trying to, you know, get some sort of stability now in that squad. But, look, we all know he's not the biggest fan of Pickford because I heard he's already made requests that their scouts already start, you know, looking around for a new keeper for next season. Because, you know, as much as he's trying to you know, bring in, uh, you know, Pickford into his plans, I, I just think with that guy's ego, it's not like he also never... I don't know how I can explain it, but sometimes when you watch him, he almost like over elaborates on certain things where he could have made, like, say, a stock standard save. He will do something almost like for the cameras, and then he ends up making balls <laughs> up. I mean, I, I don't know if any of the listeners or even you watch that game where they played Newcastle, where he uh, made that save, where he's standing behind the goal line and he's holding his hands out, but he's standing way behind with the ball behind the goal line, <laughs> which VAR, of course, picked up. And I thought all this extravagance to be, you know, to end up like that with ego in your face. Uh, yeah, but uh, um, I think the, the Richarlison, like you mentioned, is going to be a, a dangerous player for us to play against um, on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, he's like one of the key players. And also, you know, if you look at the, the defense with Dinia and Sudibi, that's now the two fullbacks that are behind Richarlison in the operatings where of being like, you know, uh, consistent and, you know, the real team players in the squad giving, like, I think they're also averaging 7.1 7.2 per game. So, I mean, they are, you know, busting a gut in that team. But, but I'll be brutally honest, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak from the mind. This game looks like it could peter out to be a draw because both teams are uh, still fine and feed everything in very good form. Arsenal getting there. I don't know. Something tells me this game could be a draw. But let's hope that because I said all the other matches were going to be wins, that it's going to actually jinx the draw and become a win for Arsenal. No, I mean, I'm personally, I'm confident of a win of some sort because I just think as much as, as they can score, they also concede a lot. So their defence is always, you know, slipping up big time because at the moment that that, uh, that Yerimina and Michael Keane, the two of them are always getting themselves into some sort of you know, bizarre situation. And, and I mean, with, with Pickford, he's also, I mean, he, even though the Everton are also, as you said, that winning run, he's actually rating quite low with almost every game. So it just tells you he's something not right in that squad with regards to the keeper. Yeah, that's 100%. So maybe we can, you know, pick pick on that. And like you mentioned, um, Everton conceded six goals in the last five games. So, Definitely, the defense is not the best part of the team, like you mentioned with the ratings. One person also that we should also watch out for, and it's, he's almost like really very below the, the radar, is that uh, Calvert Lewin. Because he's somebody, I mean, he might not say score a lot, but for creating and that, he's all, I think he's some like, he's got 11 assists already. As a, and I mean, he's like supposed to be leading the line for them up front. But that's a heck of a lot. So. It's, it's going to be a tough game at the Emirates. I mean, if Arsenal can bag another three points in this game, I think we'll still... I think we'll leapfrog Everton if we get the result. By yeah. a point, I think. Yeah, sorry. I, I actually made a mistake. It's not uh, 11. This is 11 goals he scored already. So he's like the machine at the moment. Yeah, so so if Arsenal get the result, we'll, we'll leapfrog Everton and be maybe one step closer and even points closer to, like, depending on the Saturday results. So, big game for Arsenal, big week, 
if we can get the points, I think we'll all be smiling. Yeah. So we'll end off right there. I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Let's all get behind the lads for Sunday. Come on, you Gunners. Let's go, Gunners.